Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, very pleased to say that I can see in um, my little camera windows here that uh, Chris Harris has finished a very important meeting, and it's great that we can talk to uh, former uh, Black Cap Chris Harris today because there's a test match starting, believe it or not. It's New Zealand against Bangladesh, and all the uh, histrionics and the furor about the World Cup is uh, very quickly forgotten, it seems, as we're back into test cricket mode, and this test match, of course, is the first of our new campaign for the World Test Championship, and winning away from home is often quite important. Uh, good morning to you, Harry. Before we get on to that side of things, uh, the World Cup breakdown for you, uh, I think the consensus is we probably did well with the bowling resources that we had. Yeah, morning, Smithy. Great to have you back at SCNZ. Lovely to see you after your trip around India. Yeah, I, look, I think um, New Zealand went um, probably as we expected, and I thought it was a reasonably successful tournament. Um, I think we all know if we're looking back, it was sort of India's there for the winning, but Australia were phenomenal in that final. The discovery of me for um, Ravindra, I mean, wow, what a what a World Cup! That that's the type of World Cup you have when you're experienced um, and you feel comfortable um, for such a young man. And and Daryl Mitchell was exceptional. Um, oh, I just think if anything in those conditions. With our experienced bowling lineup, that's perhaps where we just didn't quite fire, and that was the difference um, um, for me watching from afar. And they had five bowlers bare, so they always ran the risk of uh, one of their bowlers getting an injury, and in fact, that did happen in one game when Siraj went down, but it wasn't a consequential game. It was against the Netherlands, and they were able to cover uh, against them, but they ran that risk of five bowlers bare. Australia. Uh, had four specialist bowlers, and then they had Maxwell and they had Travis Head and Mitch Marsh, etc. So they, I think they had more adequate cover than them, and I think that's probably where we fell foul of it. And the fact that Trent to Bolt and Tim Southey weren't as penetrative as they have been in previous uh, events. Yeah, well, those guys are phenomenal. Um, bowlers and have been for a long time for New Zealand. I think the big difference, we didn't see the swing that makes them so successful in those conditions or in any conditions. They uh, are getting to that stage of the career. They've got great control, but if the ball's not swinging, as you know, Smithy, in the modern game, if it's not swinging or doing something off the seam, you, you, you basically, whatever length you bowl, you're bowling into most people's hitting zone. And if it's not your day, you, you just go the distance. Um, oh, the one thing that um, I thought that didn't get exposed by India where they had some weakness, but it was just their top order was so good that early on, particularly, I, I thought their middle to lower order could have been exposed, but it never really got exposed. Um, mm. And and that was probably full credit to what the top order the top order did for India, obviously until the final. Well, we got the closest of anyone to exposing it in Durham, Charlotte, when we at least got to have uh, 
Jadeja in there with Muhammad Shami. I mean, the game was pretty done, but, but we got them to the point where they were, what, six down. But no one else did. I mean, uh, one of the reasons why I think they couldn't get themselves out of it the other day against Australia is because those blokes just hadn't had a decent hit. I mean, uh, Sky, as they call him over there, Suresh Kumar Yadav, um, batting at six. I mean, he, he wouldn't have faced more than, I wouldn't think, 100 balls in the tournament almost for a number six. I know, and we've seen what he's capable of doing as well. When he's when he's got batting form and, and had a bit of time at the crease, I mean, he's a dangerous player. But as you said, he just he had no form to speak of because he didn't really get much of a hit. Um, mm. So that was the one area. And as you rightly said, New Zealand, I thought, exposed them, but we just couldn't get through that sort of where we wanted to get India to. We just couldn't get through them. Mm. Right, and India's approach, I thought, was uh, was amazing. I mean, Rohit Sharma just said, listen, I'll, I'll take it upon myself. I mean, I had, a, I had to blink a couple of times when I look at, I saw his big hitting stats. I mean, the most sixes in uh, World Cup history, I think the most sixes in almost in one-day international history. But you associate Rohit Sharma with being more of a craftsman, but those numbers are very, very revealing. And he just said, look, uh, between Shivman Gill and I, we'll try our very best to get us off to a flyer, and then we can bat round that start. Oh, he was phenomenal. I mean, it, he, he was so good that you're almost disappointed even when we were playing against him when he got out because just some of the shot making. And, and I think it's fair to say he's in the twilight of his career and, and I think it's quite clever. I mean, he knows that it's going to be tough for him to bat through an innings at his stage of life um, in, in those conditions. Um, and he knows that he can make a difference by facing 20 or 30 balls and, and doesn't it do well? I, I was just desperate for him to play a couple of longer innings. I think that catch that Travis Head took in the final to get rid of him, mm. for me, was a big, big difference. If he had batted another 30 balls, India would have put on a total that Australia would have found difficult, I think. Um, mm. So, yeah, he was phenomenal to watch. And, yeah, um, you see his power. I mean, the boundaries aren't huge there. But most of his sixes were clearing the boundary by some margin. He's not a nice guy to bowl to, I can tell you that. So the obvious question, uh, why uh, do Australia keep finding it? There's six World Cups. You know how hard it is to win a World Cup. You know, you've been to a number of them yourself. You've played against Australia when you got a total which you thought was very, very good in Madras, way, way back, now called Chennai, uh, when you batted at three and scored 100. And, and at that point, we thought, well, we're going to win that game. And Mark Waugh came out and took it away from us. What is it about Australia in World Cups? Well, just they know how to win. They know how to get across the line. I mean, I think if we look at the start of this World Cup, you know, a, a lot of people were saying to me, well, Australia aren't even going to make it through. They've got no chance. They're terrible. And what they did amazingly well was obviously find a formula in those early games when they weren't performing well, the formula they needed to perform at a later state. And then you'd have to argue that in the last sort of five or six games that they played, they were the one of the informed teams because people were saying to me after three or four rounds, Australia aren't even going to qualify. I said, be very, very careful. Australia, a little bit like New Zealand, just seem to find a way to win when they need to. And I thought what Australia did well was peak at the right time. They sorted out barring injury, the 11 or the 12 players that were going to use. They just fortunately got some players into form and as I said felt it, found a formula in India that mm. they knew if they stuck to um, they were going to go well and I thought for me their bowlers came into form um, later on in the tournament I thought their bowling was a little bit disappointing early on 
but they obviously spent a lot of time on working out lengths and lines they needed to bowl to um, certain players. And I think in that final, their bowling was literally sensational. They still got hurt early, but mm. the Indian batsmen were taking risks to score because I thought they were so accurate. And then, as Australia do, quite often New Zealand does as well, backed it up in the field. I mean, they, their bowling and fielding, for me, absolutely won that final. And that was the formula they discovered um, in the latter part of the tournament. And I thought they thoroughly deserved to win. I do too. I, I, I do too. And uh, I mean, you've only got to be in India to realise uh, what they were up against in terms of uh, atmosphere, uh, the crowds, the numbers, the favouritism, etc. So to come out and do what they did, and in effect, people forgot uh, that they did win nine in a row uh, to go on and win it. So it was uh, outstanding. Right, we move into Red Bull cricket as early as this afternoon. Harry, of course, we had a test match against Bangladesh. How do you, and where do you now, seeing the way that this kid can bat, Rajan Ravindra, where do you put him in a test batting lineup? He's just asking where he wants to play. <laughs> I think he batted that well in India. <laughs> it's almost like, oh, you can bat wherever you like. Um, yeah, look, what I am a little bit nervous about, um, because he's got off to such a great start, is that we move him up and down the order a little bit. I would really like to. Um, try and fit him in where he's going to get some time to find his way now in the test game. I, I just hate to think, oh, we need him to open, we need him to bat three, we need him to bat six. I, we just, look, there might be a little bit of that, but I'd really like to give him some time. And, and I mean, the obvious position, sort of in that middle order, five to six, let him find his feet. Hopefully he's going to bowl a few overs. He's a young man, so he's pretty agile on the field. Um, so, yeah, I'd just like to bat him middle to lower order to start with. I, I'm, I'm a little bit like that. And then I thought, you know, he was that good. He was that good. I, I, I think there will be a time, if it's not right from the get-go, he can bat in the top three or four in test cricket. I absolutely agree. Um, but there's time for that. I, I would just love for him to come in at, say, four for 200 and just put the finishing touches on. And, and in some ways dare I say it, because I'm referring to an Australian, like the Adam Gilchrist type of role where he can come in, he can be positive, gets himself in, and then takes the game away from the opposition. I see him playing that role really, really well. And then in time, I absolutely see him batting sort of three or four. Right, OK. So let's look at uh, the makeup of uh, what possibly could be our side. I, I assume we go back to Latham and Conway Williamson at the top, yeah? Who's, who's yep. at four for you? Absolutely. Um, good question. I don't know. Is Daryl Mitchell over there? <laughs> yep, he is. He is. Yeah, I think um, I, I'm quite, I quite like him at four. I, I just think he's shown his versatility in every format, and, and he has developed a game that pretty much I feel a little bit like Ravindra can pretty much bat in any position. And if, if he wants to bat four, I'm happy for him too. Right, okay, so then you have, uh, then you get your interesting conundrum now. Henry Nichols off his last test performance was a double hundred, so you look at Henry Nichols at five, yep. or do you say, uh, let's go with uh, like a Ravindra there and play maybe a Phillips? Yeah, I want um, Henry Nichols at five and Ravindra at six. Uh, just for those reasons that I said about Ravindra before, um, yep. as you said, Henry Nichols off his last test innings was a double hundred. He has to play. Um, and then it just allows Ravindra a, a little bit of time to get used to the 
the test arena, if you like, and, and we all know that he's good enough. So I just don't want to put him under any undue pressure early on in his career when it's not necessary because we've got the players um, that can do that job at the top. So then we have Blundell, obviously Tom Blundell at seven, which makes it a very strong batting lineup. And then we look at the, the spin bowling department. Now, we haven't really put a lot of emphasis on that until we get to the subcontinent. We don't tend to. So you bring back in uh, Ajaz Patel, of course, who became uh, non-contracted in terms of New Zealand cricket. You bring him back into the mix. You've got Mitchell Santner, who is a brilliant white ball bowler, um, as uh, world class, in fact. And then you've got Ishodi. What do you do there in terms of your two spinners? Do you play and do you play too quick? Do you play Southie, who has to as captain, and Jameson? Yeah, I think you play the, you play the two quicks and you play the two spinners, and it's as you said, it's between um, Santner and Ejaz. I, I would. I would actually like to give Santner a go, purely because we, we know his quality in the white ball game. He hasn't quite delivered with the red ball as much as we or New Zealand would like. Um, but if you're ever going to do it, I mean, they're the perfect conditions. So if you want to give a guy some confidence, who we know if he bowls well and picks up wickets in the test arena, is going to certainly offer something in the field and with the bat. Um, and so I, I would be tempted to give him the first test. Okay, interesting. With Sodi. And with Sodi, okay. So just finally, uh, you regard us as, as favourites. I mean, it's not the strongest Bangladesh lineup. They're without uh, Lytton Das, they're without um, their very controversial captain in Shakib. They've got a new captain in Shanto. Still got a little wicket keeper, Mushfika, but they haven't got Tuscan either. So to me, I think we go in as uh, well deserved favourites. Yeah, it's a good call. I, I, we certainly go in as favourites, but you've also got to be very, very careful of Bangladesh and home conditions. I think, I know it was a one-day series, but I remember, I think it was Daniel Vittori was in charge. We took a very strong side over there and we got, I don't even know if we won a game, we got comfortably beaten. Um, so you've got to be very, very careful of this Bangladesh side and um, certainly favourites, but um, we still need to do what's required and play well. Oh, I think just finally, too, uh, Harry, on another matter, um, I, I, I need to find this out because rumours were filtering through to India and people know you very well, of course, over there, that you're involved in some dodgy dealings at a golf tournament. Um, I've got to ask you uh, to confirm or deny uh, whether there was shenanigans going on in your annual golf tournament to the extent where an ex-professional golfer was playing off a questionable handicap. Uh, can you verify that? That's a great question. Absolute shenanigans. Yes, there was a um, ex golf pro who was playing off seven. Um, what? And yeah, who who ended up winning by um, I think it was four shots over four rounds. Um, there, there was a few um, renowned sports people from New Zealand. From uh, Brendan McCullum was down there. Stephen Fleming. Um, so yeah. Um, it was very questionable, Smithy. Um, he, he thought he sort of deserved to win, um, and, and he probably did, but um, there was lots of questions asked about how, how can an ex-pro win a amateur tournament playing off seven? Yeah. I'll leave it at that. I don't really want to name names. And you played, I, how did you play yourself? Shane Scott would never forgive me. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, yeah, oh. I had it okay. <laughs> 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 but um, Brendan and I were playing, I think Brendan was two and I was three, um, of similar handicaps. And we knew before we even started that we had no chance. I, I kept saying to um, Baz, how'd you play today? He said, out of my skin, but I'm um, like six or seven shots off the pace. And that was the story of, that was the story of our tournament. Great. Okay. But I it was brilliant time. That because, 
because the cricket world is a big one, it spreads its web a long, long way, and that uh, that sort of news got through as far as India, actually. So, Harry, nice <laughs> to talk to you. We shall see you, of course, throughout the summer, and um, look forward to that catching up, mate. Cheers. Great to have you back, Smithy. Thanks for having me on.